This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, some more thoughts came to me uh, the last couple of days, uh, and I wanted to record them, so here I am. Uh, I've been watching some clips on YouTube from Thomas Sowell. Um, if you if you haven't watched or don't know who Thomas Sowell is, I'm not going to spoil it, but take a look at YouTube and um, just search Thomas Sowell. There's a lot of uh, clips. There, some are a couple minutes long, some are 20, 30 minutes, based on some different things he's uh, written about. He's written a lot of books. Uh, he is a professor at Stanford at the Hoover Institute. Started out life very differently than he's currently. Um, living. So there, there's a transition there. Uh, but he, he has some very interesting points. And one clip that came to me recently, and I just wanted to share it because I don't think, I don't think it gets enough play in when we're trying to talk about the different political ideologies. Uh, Tony and I talk about this regularly, but he has three questions that really boil it down to its essence. And, and we've talked about this, but I think this is very concise and, and pointed. So I'm going to play the clip uh, and then I'll come back and talk about it um, basically to figure out uh, what, what he's actually talking about and how we can apply this to uh, our everyday lives. So here's Thomas Sowell talking about liberals and I would say progressive um, versus a traditional liberal, but uh, the terms are sometimes interchangeable. So take a listen to what he's talking about here. Uh, they, they, they really are for helping uh, they're for helping people who are disadvantaged, as they put it. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- whereas I think conserv- conservatives want, want to stop people from being disadvantaged. You know, they, they always, the, the liberals want to help the poor while they're poor. But really, the biggest benefit is to stop them from being poor. And that, that they have very little interest in. What is the liberal premise? I guess uh, uh, the Rousseau notion, you know, that man is born free but is everywhere and changed, that the real problem of the world is that the institutions are wrong. If the institutions were right, then man, there's there nothing in human nature that would cause us to be unhappy. It's the fact that we have the wrong institution. What is the conservative premise? That uh, man is flawed from, uh, from day one and that uh, you, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. And whatever you do to deal with one of man's flaws, it creates another problem. But that you try to get the best trade-off you can get, and that's all you can hope for. Uh, I've often said uh, there, there are three questions that I think would destroy most of the arguments on the left. And the first is, uh, compared to what? The second is, at what cost? And the third is, what hard evidence do you have? Now, there are very few ideas on the left that can pass all three of those kinds of things. Can conservative ideas pass those? Yes, I think so, because they, they, they don't assume that there, that there is a solution out there. Uh, you know, Adam Smith didn't believe that, the, that, the, that the, the, either the government or the market could solve all problems, that you have to be able to simply tolerate certain things. Uh, and the idea to the left of tolerating any evil, you know, that they want to stamp out the last vestige of segregation. Really? At what price? So there's a lot in that two-minute clip or approximately two-minute clip uh, that I think we, we, we can really discuss and, and we're not going to solve the world's issues, but I think we really need to think about these things. So he presents the, 
difference of opinion between conservatives and progressives, liberals, leftists, uh, left of the of the aisle. And if you really boil it down, you get a lot of that. And, and he has another clip where he talks about every politician has two goals. One is to get elected. The second is to get reelected. And everything they do is to those two ends. There might be a third goal, but it's a distant third from those first two. So when they say, I, I'm trying to solve your problem, they are not. Now, that's across the board. It doesn't matter what political persuasion you are. Politicians want to get elected and get reelected, period. So anything that gets them that direction is something they crave, regardless of whether it fixes your problem, regardless of whether it even attempts to fix your problem, it gets them reelected. So I talked about in the last episode, we think too often in, you know, the next political, uh, advantage or the next political movement or uh, soundbite we can put in an ad. That's how politicians think. So if you believe that a politician, the government is there to help you, you're, you are fooling yourselves because it's, it's not true. They're there to help themselves. If they accidentally help you in the process, so be it. But they're catering, trying to get your vote, period. That is all they are ever trying to do is get your vote. So if you if you look at Congress, and again, regardless of the political persuasion you're looking at, there's always a fundraiser. There's always a need to give me more money so I can keep fighting for you. I I challenge anyone, tell me the last politician you've even spoken to, not whether they know your name or not, that you've ever spoken to personally. Not in an email, not in a letter, not a form letter you got from them, spoken to personally. I guarantee it's very few of you, if at, if at all. Some people may have never spoken. I don't care what level. I don't even care if it's your local school board. Have you ever spoken to an elected official that you voted for or against in, in a district or location where it applies to you? I would challenge most people to say no. Now, you might have been that politician, you might have been that school board member, you might have been that township supervisor, and your family would know you, but we interact with so few people on a regular basis. So we get shocked when uh, they're out of touch with us because they don't talk to us. We don't have any interaction. Politicians, the higher up you go in the political spectrum, the less contact they have with anybody who actually has an opinion different from theirs. That's part of the problem. So you heard Thomas Sowell talk about the three things that separate, in his opinion, separate conservatives from liberals. And the, the first question is, compared to what? So you hear this constantly uh, in the media and from politicians when they're giving their sound bites. Well, we need to do better. We need to do better. What, is, what does better look like? What, what is that? If I, if I say, well, we need to do better at reducing potholes. Well, there's a, okay, what's the number we're at right now of potholes and how many do we want to reduce that by and what's the time frame? So if you've ever done a, 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 a annual review at, at your job, they talk about smart goals. They're specific and measurable. 
Well, if you don't give me a specific and I can't measure your progress, it's not a goal. It's a soundbite, but it's not a goal. So if you're giving me, I want to do X and I think it is better than Y, then give me the comparison and tell me why that is. And then at what cost? So can we go with, second part is, can we, can we go to a green energy uh, model for the U.S.? Not even the world, but just the U.S. Well, okay, you, you get cleaner energy compared to fossil fuels? Okay, maybe. Let's get to the third question on that. So what's the cost to get there? Okay, what's the cost in money? What's the cost in, to our economy? What's the cost to jobs? What's the cost to uh, the environment that you're protecting? And do you have any hard evidence to show that? Not your feelings. Ben Shapiro is quick to say, my politics don't care about your feelings. In this situation, that's what we're talking about. I, I don't care how you feel. Show me actual evidence. And not this ginned up Sierra Club or... Uh, anything that AOC pops out, actual numbers that, that make sense. So if you say green energy will save the planet, the, the, the temperature won't go up by a half a degree every 10 years, it'll only go up by a quarter of a degree every 10 years. Okay, it's a number. It's compared to how much is that going to cost us? Well, it's only going to cost us every dollar we will ever make, have ever made, and will ever make for the rest of time, but it's worth that quarter of a degree. So show me the evidence that you can actually do this. I don't mean the government accounting office who gives us a 10-year projection, which I said before is ludicrous because they always underestimate everything. They overestimate how much revenue they'll get, and they underestimate how much it'll cost, and it's always cost way more than they said, and they never get the money back that they say they're going to get back. So they, it's it's you know, budget neutral, except it's never actually budget neutral. So if you tell me I can save a quarter of a degree, but it's going to cost every penny that's ever going to be created in our country forever. Do I care? I don't care what hard evidence you have. Do I care? Because the average consumer is saying I'm paying four fifty, dollars $5 a gallon of gas, maybe more depending on where you are. Uh, everything I purchase costs more. Everything. Because it has to be transported. And labor has to be paid higher wages to transport that or to stock that or to create that. So cost of living inflation, sad to say, runs 2 to 3% annually. Meaning something that costs a dollar today costs a dollar two or a dollar three next year. Well, everything that costs a dollar last year Costs a dollar eight, dollar ten, maybe dollar fifteen today, and that's the basis for next year. So it doesn't doesn't reset. Go back to a dollar next year and say, okay, now what is it this year? No, it's now a dollar fifteen. So next year, let's say it's three percent. So we go up another couple pennies. Eventually, the money you have is no longer worth what it was. So if you didn't get a ten percent pay raise this year your buying power, which is all that really matters. The number on the page, which is what you'll hear constantly is, well, wages are higher. That's great, except I can't buy 
as much as I could last year when I made less. So if you make more, but you can purchase less, that really isn't a benefit to you. If last year you could fill up your gas tank and this year you can only fill it up halfway, but you make more, are you feeling that? So again, you're, the feelings are compared to what, at what cost, and show me the hard evidence. I, I would challenge anybody to bring those three questions to any school board meeting, township supervisor meeting, uh, local representative, state representative, uh, U.S. representative, governor, bring it all, president. I mean, we know the president's never going to get asked actual questions like that unless you're a Republican. But ask those questions compared to what, at what cost, and show me the evidence. If you can't do all three things, I don't care what political persuasion, do the same thing with uh, conservatives as you would do with liberals on this question. I don't care how much your uh, peculiar thing is. I don't, I don't want to care about your needs. So uh, when, when somebody says, well, I really care about this, but you don't, do you want to spend your money on their thing? No, here's what happens. You spend your money on their thing, and then you expect them to spend their money on your thing. That's how government seems to work. So we always go out there and say, well, we've got to provide this, and we've got to provide that because you know, four people think this, and they're very, they're very influential, and they, they donate money, and blah, 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 blah. Politicians are beholden to the donors. So that, I guess that would be the third key for a politician. Get elected, get reelected, make sure that process is uh, feeding the donors to keep you getting reelected. I, I don't know what the better system is. I don't know that there is a better system, parliamentary system, probably not, because they're still politicians. At the end of the day, a politician is self-serving. Um, I, I expect my politicians to lie to me. Overtly, covertly, I expect them to lie to me. I do not expect them to tell me the truth. I expect they will be self-serving to get what they want from me. So I don't put a lot of stock in a politician to say, I feel your pain, Bill Clinton. You don't feel my pain. You don't know anything about my pain. You don't even know my name. So if you don't know my name, you can't possibly understand my situation. You might have had a similar situation, but you didn't have my situation. And at the end of the day, that's the only situation that matters to you. Yours and your family. That's it. Now, you can say, I care about the community, and maybe to a point you do. But at what point are you willing to say, I care about the community over myself? Not a lot of people can say that and, and be honest about it. They can say the words. Um, but as, as I've said before, words to me without action don't mean anything. I don't care what your words are. I don't care what your tweet is. I don't care what your soundbite is. I don't care what your promises are. If you don't follow through with the action, the action is the only thing I care about because I don't, I, I grew up in a time when, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think our society has changed from that. They believe that words are the same as a stick and stone. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever got hit with a stick and stone because it hurts a lot more. Now, you can feel it deep down in your soul and deep down in your emotional core, but that's not the same as somebody breaking your arm or beating you up or invading your country. It's not the same thing. So your emotions are not equal 
to my physical issues. That doesn't mean your emotions are irrelevant, but you can't compare the two. They are not the same thing. And therefore, when you say, I feel your pain, you don't. You don't. And Joe Biden is great at telling you about Bo Biden and how Bo, he's, he's the perfect situation for every story because Bo's no longer around. So Bo can't screw up and give us more evidence that maybe he's not the great guy Joe said. And in hindsight, he's probably the most wonderful person that ever existed. He did these great things and you know, he, he may have died from burn pits, got a cancer from burn pits because he was exposed to it because he was in the military, but we don't know. Uh, I think whenever a politician pulls out a personal story, it better be actually applicable to the situation. If it's so, so far removed from the actual situation you're discussing, like, uh, Joe Biden talked about Bo when the 13 servicemen were killed in Afghanistan, um, last summer. Uh, that really wasn't helping because he didn't die in combat. These 13 service members died in combat because of his decisions. So is it really the same thing? I don't think it is. So I'm not really sure why you would bring that story up other than to say, well, look, I'm just like you, but, but you're not, you're not just like me. You're just like you. And we are not the same person. And, and when I get told you don't care that you care about gas prices, probably don't. You're not paying for it. We're paying for it. Uh, you're not doing any of this stuff. So I, I always want to caution you with any politician, regardless of their political persuasion, they are not there for you. They are not there to solve your problem. Um, if it happens, it happens, but it wasn't the design. The design was to advance them for the next election. You know, that I, I would say that's probably a failing of our our house, the way our, our house is set up that every two years, uh, without term limits, every two years, you're running for re-election, which means you're constantly raising money to keep getting elected. So if you're raising money constantly, are you actually governing or are you constantly raising money to get reelected with the promise that I have to get reelected to help you? I have to get reelected to continue to govern. But if you're missing votes or you're not really reading what's in the bills that you're agreeing to, uh, it makes it really hard for me to believe that you're governing. Is AOC spending more time on TikTok and other social media platforms and traveling around the country having speeches? Is she reading the, the bills? Is somebody on her team reading the bills and then explaining them to her? Uh, I would challenge that if you can't pass a basic 10 question quiz on the bill you're voting on, you shouldn't be voting on it and you shouldn't be in Congress. Uh, I think if you, if you had an independent and I don't know how this would ever work, but an independent group reads it, does the cliff notes version and says, okay, here's 10 questions. You would have had to read the bill to know the answers and it's not an open book test and you can't have help. If you cannot pass the test, you cannot go in and vote. If there's somebody standing outside the, the chamber. You can't vote until you can answer these 10 questions. Because if you vote on something you don't understand and don't know the full ramifications around, are you really helping us? Good or bad? Uh, it, it makes me question why you're there. 
you're, you're not representing me or any of your constituents if you didn't even take the time to get through the bill. Maybe it'll make the bills shorter. There's a thought. Maybe they'd have to be concise so that you could actually digest the information and understand it before you voted on it. Uh, that, that famous line from Nancy Pelosi with the Obamacare, we have to pass it to know what's in it. Now, how ludicrous does that sound? It sounded ludicrous at the time, and it still sounds ludicrous. We have to pass the bill to know what's in the bill that we're passing. That's never really been explained, and I'm pretty sure that's probably not the only time this has actually happened. So if you don't know what you're agreeing to, and you don't know what the ramifications are, can you answer the three questions from Thomas Sowell? What are you comparing whatever you're doing to? What's the cost? And do you have any hard evidence to back it up? So if you, if you can't answer the three questions sufficiently, and again, I don't mean some garbage where you just you, you pay somebody and they, they create fiction. I love the steel dossier. I don't mean that. I mean that you actually can answer those questions that the average taxpaying citizen in this country can, can understand the response and understand the, the answers to the three questions. If I can't understand it, you've done a poor job of explaining it. So I had this discussion um, with friends. You can under-communicate, you can appropriately communicate, but you can never over-communicate. And I think we, we all think that we communicate effectively. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'll say, mm, I probably could have done a better job communicating that. I, I think that about the show sometimes. I get off and go, oh, I should have said it this way. This would have been clearer. So if I think I can miss it and I'm closer to the information, how likely is it that maybe I didn't explain it or somebody didn't explain it clearly that other people can do it, can understand what you're talking about? Uh, there, there was a rumor, and I don't know if this is still true, that the USA Today was written at a fifth grade level. And I heard recently that they try to do it, uh, depending on the, the material, eighth or ninth grade level, um, so that most people can understand what it is. If it's very technical, it has to be a little bit higher reading level. But if, you, if a fifth grader can understand what you're talking about, that's considered sufficiently uh, clear. Um, but just because a fifth grader can understand the words doesn't mean they can understand the concepts. So if you read at a fifth grade level, maybe you can read the words, but you've never really been exposed to the concepts and you don't understand what it is we're talking about. Jay, Jay Leno used to do the uh, man on the street jaywalking and he would ask simple questions. Uh, I think we played some clips at different times. Who's the, who's the Supreme, who's, name a Supreme Court justice. Who's the president of the United States? Who is the vice president of the United States? Simple things that, if you exist in this country, you probably should know maybe a little more obscure at times, but there are things you should know and you get some wild answers and it always, it was done for a laugh. And I don't know if some of it was, you know, just say anything random, don't really answer correctly. Or if they truly didn't know the answer, I suspect that most people, cause if you, if you look around in your life, uh, most of the people you interact with, they, they shun politics. And to them, anything about current events that isn't relevant to my immediate life is politics. And I don't care. I'll care when there's a presidential election. I'll 
maybe care if there's a gubernatorial election, probably unless it's a presidential election. I don't care about the Senate or the House unless somebody really gets me fired up about something that's going on. So right now you're concerned about gas prices and inflation and and food prices and supply chain. So you might be more interested than you normally would. But if those all get resolved or at least to your satisfaction get taken care of, you stop caring because I've got to go out to work. I've got to get my kid to soccer practice. I got to, uh, you know, get other things done around the house. And you, you stop caring about those things because they no longer are front and center in your mind. You're not really fired up about it anymore. So you let it drift. And until the next big event, uh, politicians count on that. They, they count on you losing interest quickly. And the next news cycle, something else comes up to replace whatever failing they had previously. Uh, and I think that's what the Joe Biden administration is doing. They, they failed in Afghanistan. They failed to stop COVID. I mean, if you remember back to the 2020 election, Joe Biden had a plan to stop COVID. Now, he never really explained what the plan was, uh, and he gave little bits and pieces. Well, we'll mask up and we'll, we'll get vaccines. Uh, that didn't really stop COVID because it's a virus and you can't really eliminate the virus. So uh, the, the projection that we can do something isn't really great. Uh, if, there, if you remember back in October of 2020, he said any president who has 250,000 citizens die because of his inability to handle the pandemic shouldn't be president. Um, yeah, so Joe Biden's had over 400,000. So should he not be president? If, that, if, if that's the criteria. Again, we talked about this. It's not, the president has very little they can do on these things or some policy things, but pandemics, it's not something, no, no country on the planet Earth did a good job with this. None. Regardless of what China might tell you, they didn't do a good job. They just lied about it. Uh, so, we really have to think about keeping our, our pulse on what's going on. It might be icky. It might be something you don't truly enjoy, and it really just makes you feel bad. But the, the politicians are counting on you to not care. So you need to care enough to say, I want people who are going to represent me as best as possible. You heard Thomas Sowell say in the beginning, it's about compromises. When you make one adjustment to one thing, it has ramifications to other things, okay? If we put in a pipeline, the Keystone XL pipeline, it may have uh, environmental impact that you don't like, but we need to get the gas, the oil, from one place to another quickly and efficiently to keep the costs down. So is the environmental impact sufficiently low to offset the benefit we get, you know, benefit, risk benefit. Well, if you talk to an environmentalist, no, it's never. No environmental impact is the only solution. But I don't live in that world, neither do you. You still need to drive your car, whether it's an electric car or not. And that's the, that's the crazy part. I just saw this quote today. Um, it's amazing how a progressive who thinks you should just go buy a Tesla, which is at least $60,000, uh, can't seem to figure out how to pay their student loans. They think we shouldn't have to pay their student loans, but just go buy a Tesla. If you have an electric vehicle, it will not cost you money at the gas pump, but it will cost you money. Uh, it will cost you money to buy the vehicle. It will cost you money to put in the charging station or go to a charging station. It will cost you money to charge that vehicle. It's not free. It's not solar. 
it's not nothing. There are costs associated with with any sort of transportation. I don't care if it's wind power. You you want to put a sail on your car and cruise around. Some days you could do that. Some days you could not. And the speed with which you do that will be very very much slower than what you're currently doing in a car. So everything has a cost. And to say, well, just buy an electric vehicle, then you don't have to worry about gas. That was the Stephen Colbert. I don't care what gas go up to $15 an hour or $15 a gallon. I drive a Tesla. I don't care. Yeah. Somebody has to create that electricity, most likely with fossil fuels, to pay for your electricity to put into your Tesla. So it's not without cost. We just, you're paying it somewhere else. You're still paying it, you know? And I think people forget that and think electric vehicles are going to save something. Uh, they are not. Compared to what? At what cost? The cost is higher to do that than it is to just keep running the, the gas car. And, and do you have hard evidence that you're really saving the environment or are you lining somebody else's pocket for the newest technology? Now, get me wrong. I love technology, but just because it's new technology doesn't mean it's the most useful or the most relevant. So until you can answer those three questions, I really question anything that a politician tells me or the media tells me or anybody else in a position of authority or perceived authority tells me because I don't trust you. I don't trust that you have my interests at heart. If you do, show me. Show me the answers to those questions. Show me that I matter because until you can do that, I'm going to assume, rightly so, I do not matter to you, period. So if you think your elected officials care about you, give me some evidence that they care about you. Not give me programs that they've, they've rolled out that benefited you. Show me they care about you. Show me that they're not doing something that's based on getting them elected or reelected. Um, you know, that's, that tells me that their motivation might be different, but I haven't met one of those politicians. So I, I am very cynical about that. Uh, I have not spoken to most of my elected officials in my lifetime. I've spoken to a couple different elected officials um, at the state and federal level, but I can't say that my current federal, state, or local officials I've ever had any conversation with at all, let alone do they know my name, do they have any understanding of what's going on in my life to say, I understand what you need. They do not. Uh, and that's the the downfall of representative government. Uh, it wouldn't matter if you were in a... <laughs> dictatorship, they still wouldn't know you and would care even less because they wouldn't have to get your vote. So I, I left you with those three questions. Think about that. Consider uh, Thomas Sowell and, and take a look at uh, a lot of his video clips on YouTube. I think you'll be interested. You may not agree with everything he has to say, but it, it will at least spark some conversation. So thank you for joining me. I'm Chad. Good night, and I'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. This has been a Hannah Tree production.